This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Welcome to Shrink Chicks. I'm Emily Beerley. And I'm Jennifer Chaikin. And we're licensed marriage and family therapists and owners of the therapy group. We're on a mission to make therapy and therapeutic topics more relatable and accessible. So stay tuned, because in order to grow yourself, you gotta know yourself. Hey, Jen. Hey, Em. How are you today? You know, for a Monday, I'm doing pretty well. I have a funny story to tell. Oh, I'm ready. Thank you for saving it till the podcast. Yeah, I, I actually purposely saved it for when yeah, we were recording. Because we talk all the time and she hasn't told me the story yet. Okay, so what's funny because today's episode is about overthinking. And I was thinking about like, oh, what are the situations like I ever think about? Like a lot of times it can be like work-related or interaction-related, right? So I really fucked up with scheduling something this past week that on Saturday, somebody emailed about a meeting for this Monday or Tuesday. I wrote back. I thought it was Sunday. So I was like, hey, it's happening tomorrow at 10, thinking that it was Sunday and tomorrow I meant Monday, right? I do not work on Sundays. This person was like, yeah, no problem. Tomorrow at 10, great. They wanted to get in as soon as possible to talk about something. And uh, so then Sunday at 10 a.m., 10.05, I get a text saying, are we still good? And I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah. I totally fucked it up. I felt so bad. This person had been like waiting on this Zoom link. Like, like you know, like very, right. Like I felt horrible. Millie could sort of see I was stressed out. And she's like, what's happening? I was like, oh, mommy made a mistake at work. When she's emailing to make it right. But like we make mistakes all the time. Whatever. Okay. So later that afternoon, we head to Boo at the Zoo. Um, of to course. Go, yes, of course. You know, the normal, because I'm a mom. Yeah. Um, on Sundays, we go, well, on Sundays in October, they have Boo at the Zoo, where it's like trick-or-treating for the little kids. Looks so fun. Get, you, yeah, right. It, it was actually a blast. She had a great time, right? So she gets a little costume on. We get to the park. And I was like, oh, hold on. Mommy messed up um, your wings. Let me straighten them. She was a butterfly. And she goes, yeah, just like you messed up at work. <laughs> <laughs> Roasted. <laughs> And I was like, yes, wow. in fact, you are right. Just like mommy. Messed She's good. She really, she really knows how to call you out. And so when one. you are called out by a three and a half year old, it makes you think that it's kind of funny and over the, all this overthinking wasn't necessary. But that was my, you know, what would have probably turned into a bit of a spiral yes. five years ago. <laughs> So how how did you stop it? Like, how did you? Because I think that's I, we're going to answer a ton of questions yes. today. But you mentioned, you know, it would have turned into a spiral five years ago. So clearly you've implemented certain things that have been very helpful for you. So one of those is I just before something I would have done would be like to over respond. Right. I'm really sorry. I fucked up. Oh, my goodness. Like, here's what I can do. Right. And so like now my thing is like, I'm just going to send one response. Mm hmm. I made a mistake, misread my calendar. Here are the times I can do this week. Let me know if it works. Um, uh, thanks for your understanding. And so I still felt anxious inside. But what I was worried about, right, like where my thought would have gone was like, now this person's going to be upset with me. I'm overthinking it. It's like, oh, now I'm never going to get this meeting, which like, you know, that's not how life works. People make mistakes all the time. But for the most part, people are lovely yes. about making mistakes. But my fear is that someone's going to flip out at me, right? There's going to be some repercussions or I'm going to get in trouble. Mm. That's like a big, like, that's like a bit of a trigger for me, mm -hmm. getting in trouble. And so I think a part of it was like talking myself down with that internal monologue we've talked about before about like, you fucked up 
and it's okay to fuck up. And like, we're just going to move forward from here. Yes. So it sounds like you, you know, first had to acknowledge, you know, where that fear is coming from, right? That the fear is coming from, I have this worry about I'm going to get in trouble or someone's going to be mad at me. And to be able to acknowledge that and say, okay, is that actually true? Or if that Mm -hmm. is true, how am I going to manage that? How am I going to manage my emotions connected to it? It also sounds like there is a necessary development of like self-compassion, right? That like you're human, you are going to make mistakes. Whereas, you know, overthinking in the past may have come from, obviously I'm talking in generalities because we all overthink things. But may have come from like, oh, I made a mistake. I'm bad. I've done, there's a lot of shame around. I've done something wrong. I'm going to get in trouble, right? That there's a lot of shame and kind of this inability to allow ourselves to just be like, I am human, right? These things happen. It's okay that this happened. Now, what am I going to do with this? Yeah. And I think one of the things we've talked about before is one of the reasons why we hyperfixate on overthinking is because we think if we keep thinking about it, we'll figure out a solution, right? Like if I keep thinking about it, I'm going to figure out a way for this person to not be upset with me. But like, most things in life actually don't need a solution. Sometimes they're just feelings we have to work through. And so, but this overthinking is like, I'm going to solve this, or I'm going to figure this out, or I'm going to figure out the perfect line of how to respond to this person versus this interaction for next time, right? Like, it's all about, like, there's a point of overthinking. I don't think it's pointless. There's a reason behind it. It's just not necessarily uh, a helpful or logical reason. Yes. I think we also go into this sense of like, okay, I put this out there, like I made a mistake or I said something and now their reaction, their feelings about it, their response to it is out of my control. Yeah. And so overthinking becomes the thing that you have control over in an environment or experience where their response or their feelings about it are so out of your control, Mm -hmm. right? Like, what can I do? What can I take control of? But the fact of the matter is, when you overthink something, it doesn't change the fact that you're not in control over how the other person feels about it or how they're going to respond to it. And so I think it's maybe our brain's mechanism of trying to protect us or trying to take control of a situation that we're actually out of control of at that point. And so the question isn't, how do I take control of the situation that I'm out of control of? It's when this person responds, however they respond, how do I want to manage this, right? Like, how am I going to move forward with this? As opposed to, I need to take control of the situation that's out of my control, because that just leads to more overthinking and more trying to control something that's actually just out of our control. Yep. I love that. Okay, wait. Well, then, you, but you have to now be vulnerable too because yeah, I yeah. embarrass myself. Um, yes. Vulnerability <laughs> is an embarrassment. Hold on. Let me yes. reframe that. Let me reframe, reframe that. I was vulnerable. Now you yes. have to be too because I am punishing you. Um, okay. And- I love that. <laughs> so I can tell me it. about a time you really overthunk. <laughs> is it overthunk? Overthought. Overthought. I like, I like overthunk better though. You know, it just feels, <laughs> I can get a lot of sleep last night, you know. <laughs> yes, my child is not sleeping. But so um, after this thunk, podcast, thunk, you're th- you're gonna overthunk the fact that you said overthunk. <laughs> All right, thunk it to me, baby. Um, <laughs> what was the time that you overthought, or a subject that maybe you find yourself overthinking about, or something how it relates to you? 
I think that's something I really struggled with maybe in my 20s more so was like things that I would say in a social situation and then would overthink afterwards if I hurt someone's feelings or if I, you know, said something that, you know, maybe once again, I think it was a lot around like offending someone else or saying something that was maybe like too much or there was always a worry about how maybe I came off in a certain situation. Did I did I handle that correctly? Did I handle that okay? So I would say, I I can't think of specifics because I'm sure it happened so many times that a lot of my overthinking came with social situations and my, my reaction to that or the way that I handled that was to take myself out of social situations. <laughs> you know, I just because, I because avoid this. I would just avoid them. Um, no, but I think I think that's pretty common when you're someone who is more introverted, who's used to expressing themselves internally. And when you're in social situations, you're expressing yourself externally, of course. And so it's so much easier to question. And I think another thing, I mean, I would say a a huge thing that I overthought at the beginning was the podcast. Thinking about the things that I said, did that make sense? Did that, you know, I think that that was a huge transition to be able to say like, no, you know, but that came with time, you know, and it came with experience and it came with me feeling more confident in the podcast same thing with social situations, feeling more comfortable with myself. You know, I said this, if it hurt anyone, they will let me know and we can work through it together. You know, just just to once again, give myself some self-compassion and understanding that I'm human, you know, and just becoming more comfortable with who I am as a person. Yeah. So I think that that in and of itself has helped me a lot with overthinking, but I have really struggled with overthinking probably a ton in my 20s and, you know, growing up too. So I know it wasn't okay. specific, but yeah. No, I thought it was beautiful. Thank you. Don't overthink it. I, I'm, I'm overthinking <laughs> it now. Overthunk it. Overthunk it done. Overthunk me, baby. We are so excited to share our newest sponsor with you all, Hungry Root. Hungry Root is the easiest way to get fresh, high-quality groceries and simple, healthy recipes delivered to your door. The team at Hungry Root just sent me a new box full of amazing stuff. It was literally like I was opening a present going through it. Seeing what was inside and trying everything was just so thrilling. In my Hungry Root box was chicken salad, veggies, dumplings, shakes, cookies, and so much more. My favorite thing I tried was the drumroll donuts. I highly recommend them. The ordering process could not have been more simple. You take a fun, short quiz and Hungry Root will get to know your personal health goals, what you like to eat, the kitchen appliances you use, and more. Then they'll build you a personalized cart with all of your grocery needs for the week and give you delicious recipe recommendations to put those groceries to good use. Hungry Root will recommend recipes and groceries based on your personal tastes, but each order is fully customizable. Take their suggestions or choose anything you want. They've got fresh produce, high-quality meat and seafood, pantry staples, healthy snacks, sweets, ready-to-eat meals, and much more. Hungry Root has made my daily meal prep so much easier. The mental load of grocery shopping is exhausting, and Hungry Root gives me back that mental energy. Right now, Hungry Root is offering Shrink Chicks listeners 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Just go to HungryRoot.com slash Shrink Chicks to get 40% off your first delivery and get your free veggies. That's HungryRoot.com slash Shrink Chicks. Don't forget to use our link so they know we sent you. 
When bloggers or influencers post their outfit links, nine times out of 10, I click on it and immediately exit because the price is bananas. It wasn't until recently that I clicked on something expecting it to be the usual out of my price range sweater and it was under $60 at Quince. Quince has become my ultimate destination for luxury essentials that won't break the bank. Let me tell you about some of the gems I found at Quince. From their 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters starting at just $50 to their washable silk tops and dresses, organic cotton sweaters, and stunning 14 karat gold jewelry, Quince offers a range of high quality items at prices that are truly within reach. And here's the best part. All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Yes, you heard that right. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the middleman passing the savings on to us. I recently got my hands on one of their washable silk tops and let me tell you it has become a staple in my wardrobe. Not only is it incredibly versatile, I've worn it to work, out with friends, and even dressed it up for a date night, but the quality is unmatched. Give yourself the luxury you deserve with Quince. Go to quince.com slash shrinkchicks for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's q-u-i-n-c-e dot com slash shrinkchicks to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash shrinkchicks. Okay, so let's do some questions. Yes. Taylor's choice. Taylor's choice. Then we're going to say that every time. No, we don't, but I still don't really entirely know what it means. No, no, we're not gamblers. <laughs> um, what is your overthinking protect you from not thinking about? Wow. I think it's protecting when we overthink, we're focusing on figuring out a solution or change. And so I think what it's not thinking about is radical acceptance mm. and just sitting in distress. And so I think it's not necessarily about protecting you from not thinking about, but I think it's a lot about protecting you from not feeling. Yeah. It's a really great way to numb. I Even think though it's that... totally distressing on its own. Like it's not like yeah, it's yeah, yeah. like a wonderful, cool at the spa numb. <laughs> wonderful, cool at the spot. A hundred percent. Right. So because when you're protecting yourself from deeper feelings and you never touch on those deeper feelings, right, your coping mechanism of overthinking is going to keep kicking in and they're going to be overthinking it nonstop, right? Yes. It's going to keep happening. Someone asked a question. I hope I can find it quickly. It was something like, I keep over, like I'm in a good relationship, but I keep overthinking whether this is the right relationship or like, but I'm really happy. And so like that, I, I wanted to touch on that with this piece of it is that, you know, because when, when they said this, it was, oh, I'm in a really great relationship. Like the immediate response was to go right into like, things are great. But my question would be like, what are you not allowing yourself to address in the relationship that maybe aren't so great, right? And that it's okay to have things in the relationship that you're struggling with. But from how the question was phrased, and I don't think it's in here, it sounded like there was this propensity to frame the relationship. Everything's wonderful. I don't know why I overthink. As opposed to like relationships are great, but they can also be really hard. And that doesn't mean they're not wonderful. It can be two things at once. Exactly. Wonderful in the world's most difficult thing ever. We just talked about this on the phone earlier. We did that. We did. So that that's a piece of it, too. If you find yourself saying, oh, everything's fine. I don't know why I overthink. What if you allowed yourself to take a moment to say, "Okay, well, what are some of the things that maybe I am struggling with? Is it okay for me to say I'm struggling with this in my relationship, in my job, in my friendships, in my, you know, look at the relationships in your life where you find yourself 
moving more towards thinking rather than feeling. And I want you to say, is there something that I'm not allowing myself to feel in this relationship or not allowing myself to look at in this relationship? Because the overthinking, as we're saying in this, might be a coping mechanism. Mm. Right. And maybe that coping mechanism isn't working as well as you think it might be working for you. Okay, so listen to this one. I'm ready. I overthink to the point where I feel like I know exactly how the argument or convo will go and end up not speaking up at all because I scare myself. I'm terrified of shame and rejection. There's really nothing to say back to that. I thought it was very insightful. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Very insightful. It wasn't necessarily a question, but like the emotional intelligence there. There's a ton of emotional intelligence, right? So what would it be like to even say to... (laughs) Okay, so if you're just listening to the podcast and you're not watching this on YouTube, the lights just completely blacked out where Jen is. (laughs) She's sitting in the dark. I'm literally in the dark. I have to get up and move around. This is going to be a problem. But let's just keep on going with it. Yeah, okay. So here's the thing. There is so insanely insightful what this person is saying, right? I overthink. They know exactly what they're doing. Here's what I'm doing. Here's how it's affecting me. They say I end up not speaking up at all. And they're terrified of shame and rejection, right? There's the fear. They're able to sit here and have the insight and awareness. The action is what comes from saying, I am going to choose to to speak up no matter what horror story I've told myself. A great technique you can do for this is, yes, you can have all these projections, but what's actual worst case scenario? Worst case scenario is alien invaders that look like George Washington come down from the high heavens. They eat your brain and then they um, devour all the plants on this earth and they just make a bunch of owl pellets all over the place, right? Like that's like a worst case that's, fucking scenario. That is, ab- and, and right, there's no other worst case scenario there's besides no that one you that. just listed. Okay, that's worst case scenario. So every time you start to think, you can say, you want to know what? I bet what won't happen is that aliens that look like George Washington will not come from a different planet and eat my brains out right now. So whatever that means is anything else that I can survive. And when I give myself something else to overthink and think worst case scenario about, I can say that probably no matter what else happens in this conversation, it might suck. I might end up hurt. I might feel shame. I might feel rejection. I might feel any of these things. These things actually will not kill you. And once I learn to tolerate and sit through them and feel through these emotions, right, that I can actually have real deep conversations. You know, that's what happens when I step away for a second. <laughs> I, I put my headphones back on. You were talking about aliens who look like George Washington coming out with something about al, al pellets. I totally missed it. But uh... OK, but also, Jen, like people might have to watch this episode on YouTube because you're also sitting in one of our very few unfinished offices in the new location. And it looks like you're blocking the one piece of art that is up. And it looks like you're just sitting in a white room with horrifying lighting. <laughs> like possibly we're you still, were 302 we're still, uh, Yeah, we're still working on it. It's, we're still com- working it's on coming it, together. That that's the one office you're in. I know. I know. Well, I had to move offices. I might have to move again. And we're just yeah, going to maybe keep I'll give game. a tour of the office. Yeah, as- YouTube. Yeah, via YouTube as right. the lights turn off. So another thing, and I'm sorry if I'm repeating anything you said, <laughs> it's a little different than the aliens. But sometimes I know once again, I'm speaking from my like introverted self yeah. is that like sometimes when you're so used to holding things in that it takes practice, right? That mm-hmm. like you can look at this too as a level of practice. I need to practice speaking up because I'm going to butcher this. You know, that saying that if you avoid conflict something about if you avoid conflict you start a war within yourself yes right that like avoiding conflict with others just starts a war a within, war yourself. within yourself right so you were halfway as, there 
I was so much. I was so close. <laughs> the so that's that's kind of what I want you to think about too is that you holding it in doesn't change your feelings about it. It really just creates a war within you. Then you end up struggling. And so that can be a little bit of motivation. Sometimes we don't have a reason to change things unless they feel really bad for us. And so the overthinking can be such a signal to you that you are having that war within yourself because you're so badly wanting to speak up about it. Okay, wait, this leads into such a good question we have to start with. What does it mean to acknowledge your thoughts or feelings in order to let them pass? So like, how do you feel your feels? How do you feel those feels? How do you feel the feels, right? What What's your thoughts? So I would say acknowledging the feeling is really sitting and allowing yourself to say the things, sometimes out loud, right? Even if you're by yourself, to say the things that you are not allowing yourself to say, right? We all have those feelings that we're like, ooh, that comes up and you're like, mm, I'm going to push that down because if I acknowledge that, what do I do with it? Right. There's a, sometimes there's a fear of if I acknowledge a feeling, I have to do something with it. I have to make a change. I have to make sure I'm not feeling this. But you can acknowledge a feeling, right? Like, oh, like at this moment, I'm really unhappy in my relationship, right? Like, I'm really unhappy with like what's going on. There's a sense of I have to do something with that immediately in order to get out of this feeling. So sometimes we decide I'm not going to allow myself to feel this. I'm just going to push this down and maybe it'll go away. Mm-hmm. The tough thing is that the feeling doesn't go away. Yeah. I love, I would love if that was the answer. That would be so easy for all of us. So I think sometimes acknowledging it can be acknowledging it, first of all, internally, then acknowledging it externally, whether it's to yourself, whether it's to your therapist. And then saying, what do I want to do with this? I think that sometimes we can feel a lot of shame around other emotions that keeps us from saying, it's okay for me to feel this way. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think that's a part of it too, right? Your ability to say, it is okay that I'm feeling this way. doesn't mean I have to take action immediately. It is okay. I am human. It's okay for me to feel this way. it, It happens. So I think just the maybe holding space for yourself around certain emotions that you haven't allowed yourself to feel. Mm-hmm. What do you think? I know I went into like a No, whole... I really, really like that. I think people, when we talk, they're asking like acknowledging your thoughts or feelings, right? In order to let them pass. Basically what we're saying is like, don't numb. You don't have to shove this shit aside. You don't have to numb it. Acknowledge it means I'm not saying that in the middle of the, the biggest meeting of your life that you should think about your childhood trauma. You know what? compartmentalization is not the worst thing in the world. Containment's not the worst thing in the world. (laughs) But to say to yourself, oh shit, I'm feeling a lot of shame during this meeting. I'm having some stuff coming up. I'm going to try to redirect and to be present to let them pass. And then I'm going to talk about it and process through in therapy, through journaling that night, through talking out loud to myself, through inner monologue, right? Like that's what we mean about like, how do you sit here and say like, oh shit, I identify something. I feel this way. I felt this way before and I really don't like it. And I'm going to figure out a way to process this through that works for me. There's no right way to do it and go on from there. That was beautiful. A lot, but a lot of what we're talking about, right? That like this is like continuing to come up that sometimes overthinking is a way to stay away from like the deeper emotions, right? That there's a lot of like, how do I feel this? How do I because yeah. we go into thinking about things, it feels sometimes it feels easier, it feels like we have more control rather yeah. than allowing ourselves to feel the really uncomfortable, vulnerable feelings that we don't want to feel. Yeah. 
Okay, because so because then the next question somebody asked, which is these these are Nikki, you did a great job organizing today because yes. the way this is going is flown with Convo very well. So as always, a big shout out to Nikki, which um Nikki got recognized in a restaurant this weekend, Jen, didn't you say? Yes. So yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. We got recognized. And, but Nikki will never recover. You're used to it now. Yeah, I've gotten way more used to it. We, Me and Nikki randomly saw each other at a restaurant. It was the greatest experience of, you know, when you see someone and you just don't expect to see them and there's yeah, just this like so pure joy that comes out of you. We were just, I was thrilled. Um, and then two lovely girls came up to me and introduced themselves. And I was like, Nikki's here. And they were like, we know Nikki. And Nikki died. <laughs> she was like bright red. <laughs> She's like, don't know me. Don't see no, me. I don't, don't exist. It was amazing. <laughs> Talk about overthinking. Nikki, did you overthunk that one? <laughs> Skeptical about custom beauty? I get it. My feet is flooded with customize this and personalize that. All promising to fix my fine lines and thinning hair. But when pro says custom, they actually mean it. It's no gimmick. Your formula couldn't exist without you. Their in-depth consultation analyzes over 80 factors for a complete view of your life and beauty goals. They get personal. Pros covers everything from your concerns to your age, exercise, and stress levels in order to uncover what's impacting your hair and skin health. They asked me about my hair loss being genetic in my family, how long it takes for my hair to get oily after a wash, what products and tools I use to style my hair, and even my zip code to understand how the water hardness, UV index, and cold dry winter in Philly might be impacting me. Next, they recommended a full routine of truly personalized products, which were only produced after I placed my order. Nothing pre-mixed, nothing off the shelf. Since I switched to pros, I've noticed my hair is so much softer, shinier, and fuller. I keep getting asked if I got a blowout from the salon. But don't just take my word for it. In a third-party double-bind dermatologist-supervised clinical controlled study, aka the gold standard in research studies, Pros prove that personalization works better than off-the-shelf alternatives. Try it for yourself and get your healthiest hair in 30 days or get your money back. Pros is so confident that you'll love your results that they're offering my listeners an exclusive trial offer so you can see the difference custom care can make. 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash shrinkchicks. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash shrinkchicks for your free consultation and 50% off your one-of-a-kind formulas. Pros.com slash shrink chicks say goodbye to the cheap razor era my friends it's time to treat your body to the premium shave it deserves with athena club em and i just got back from an amazing trip to the caribbean to celebrate our 10-year anniversary of our practice the therapy group and in haste of packing because yours truly is a packing procrastinator i forgot my athena club razor at home and had to resort to using a subpar flimsy razor that left my skin feeling anything but smooth a mistake i will never make again the athena club hype is real the shave is seriously the smoothest I've ever experienced, and that is especially evident after having to use another razor in its absence. Aside from the amazing smoothest, let me tell you why Athena Club's razor kit is a must-have in your self-care routine. First off, can we talk about the price? At just $10, it's an absolute steal. But don't let the price fool you. This razor packs a serious punch. It comes with a beautifully made ergonomic handle and two super sharp razor heads that deliver an incredibly smooth shave every time. Plus, with the included magnetic hook, storage is a 
breeze. No more dealing with gooby blades or unexpected midnight shower crashing sound surprises. And the quality of the shave is top notch. Those five precision engineered blades glide effortlessly, leaving you a silky smooth skin every time. Plus, the water-activated serum and built-in skin guards ensure a comfortable, irritation-free shave. Are you ready to upgrade your shaving experience? Switch to the best razor on the market and show your skin you care with Athena Club. Head over to athenaclub.com to try their award-winning razor and body products and get 20% off your first purchase with code SHRINKCHICKS at checkout. You can also find Athena Club razors at your local Target store. Trust me, you won't look back. Happy shaving. So somebody said how to stop worrying about situations that haven't happened yet and may not happen. Once again, we cannot make you stop feeling something. But there's a difference between worrying about something and then ruminating about something, right? I We can't ever help you to stop worrying about situations that haven't happened yet. The future is scary. It is. Things, the unknown. The unknown shit, we man. Get you're it. always going to worry. I worry about like what's, you know, we have a like what's going to happen on Friday or what's this going to look like, right? Like that's normal human behavior. Will we like teeter on like normal, whatever, let it pass first? Like, you know, like I, I'm ruminating on this. And I don't let it go is like, am I able to not be present about it? Is overthinking my thoughts? Am I then lashing out or uh, pulling in and shutting down in my relationships that are happening currently? Right. Like what's the outcome here? Because like we can't ever help you stop worrying. Right. There's going to be at least one question in an episode about how to stop feeling something. hundred percent. And I think, you know what, I, you know what I like to think when I have this, like at the beginning of my week, right? Like, especially the times in which I worry, I think the most like into the future is when we have like a lot of podcast episodes. Like I'm like so, overthinking and. So I mean like every week for the next six weeks basically exactly. is what our life looks like. Exactly. Yeah. And so, but the thing I always say to myself when I have that, or if I have a long day, right? I'm just like, oh, you know, you know how you wake up and you're like, oh my God, I have so much today. You start worrying, you overthink it. Yeah. The thing that I always say to myself is I have had so many days where I have felt like that and I get through them. You know, you always get through those experiences. And so to remind yourself of the times in which you have felt this way before and you've been able to work through it and it's always been okay, right? You've always gotten through it. Even if it wasn't okay, even if you had a complete meltdown at the end of the day, you got through that too. You know, so I think that we we talked about this earlier is that saying what's the worst it's what's the worst case scenario right okay the worst case scenario is that i'm exhausted at the end of the day or i have to you know like i have to cancel this one thing because i'm so over you always get through it at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. It doesn't kill you. And so that is something to remember. I think we go right into, well, what if this happens and what if this happens? And then we just stay on the kind of the top level of the anxiety as opposed to saying, okay, well, what if this happens? How will you handle that when it happens? How will you get through that? And you always do. You always have. My guess is this isn't the first time you're overthinking. And so think about all the times in the past you have been overthinking and all of the times that you have gotten through those times. Because aliens that look like George Washington have never come down, eaten your brains, and then coughed exactly. them up like owl pellets. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and if they did, <laughs> we want to talk to you. We, you. we want to interview for this actual show. If they did, come on the podcast. Please. We have some questions. <laughs> I am interested. 
because somebody said, so I struggle so much with what ifs and playing out scenarios. How can I stay present? Right. So here's what I say. So, so Jed, you and I are a little different. We actually talked about this last week, which like, I was like kind of bugging out about like all this stuff we had in our calendar last week. And you're like, I can't deal with it until the day of. Yeah. I'm a little bit different. So that technique works for you. Mine's a little bit different. I do need to give myself um, contained space to overthink a little bit mm-hmm. where like I say to myself, like, OK, like I'm going to sort of like think through myself and talk through Wednesday. We had like we had to go to New York last Wednesday, yeah. think through and talk through Wednesday. And then but I'm only going to m- give myself 10 minutes to do it. and I'm going to write it down and like process it out. And like, that's it. It gets cut off. Yeah. Right. So like so one, it can't be uncontained. It can't be like totally unbridled. And There's boundaries around. There has it. to be boundaries around. I personally have to write it out to help process through it a little bit. Yeah. Because I know for me in my brain, <laughs> not the cleanest place to be. <laughs> also, I was gonna say I have more of a luxury of not looking at my schedule where like you have a child, like yeah. you know, and I, I you know, I can say like, oh, I'm not gonna look at the schedule because like, you know. It, it doesn't it doesn't have the same effect. I'm sure if yeah. I had things like around my schedule that were like really that there I think there are certain situations that lend themselves to you saying this is what works for me. This is what doesn't work for me. Mm-hmm. And so I get that. I think that makes a lot of sense. Also, my husband's very much like you. Of course, you guys are Do you have one person. We, we, yeah, Bill yeah. and I are twins. You're twins. You're both yeah. Libras, like same, yes. same. Yeah. So like, so we so they had said, like, how can I stay present? So for Jen, it's like saying to yourself and have doing inner monologue of like, I'm going to do something different for M. It is I'm going to actually write this out. I mean, I do give myself space to do the what ifs and play yeah. out the scenarios. Um, and then I cut it off. Yeah. But when we say like stay present, part of it is is a lot of inner monologue work. Oh, I noticed that I've just spent 30 minutes inside totally like just thinking through this stuff. Like you ever have like, um, you know, after an interaction with someone, you think through all the things you would say, oh, my gosh. Right. OK. When we were doing when we were doing the second addition to our Westchester space and we had ordered five desks, we had we have to order in bulk when we do <laughs> this. This is such a good tell. story. Okay, so when we do these offices, we have to order in bulk, right? So we order like five of the same desks, like five of the same chairs, and like you have to do all these things at once. I am sure it is very fucking annoying for delivery drivers. I have no doubt. But neither of us own a truck. We can't go buy it in person. It is what it is. I don't know. Okay, so we buy all this stuff. This The delivery driver, I think it's like a FedEx guy, comes in, gives us one look, and he goes, really? You ordered all this at Christmas time? I thought through that interaction of what if I was not so caught off guard, and I believe we both meekly said, I'm so sorry. Yes, 100%. And we we went through all of the things that we wanted to say after. And then afterwards, I was like, you want to know what I would have said to him was, hey, man, you seem really angry. How's it going? Yeah. Would you like a business card? Such <laughs> like, a good one. Would you like to join our men's group? Like, I thought through like all the different shit I would say afterwards, right? I don't think that's not as a problematic thing. I wanted to know, you know what I mean? Like, because next time I would like to say something back when someone is like super rude to me, right? Like, yeah. I don't want to just like grin and take it because that's what I've done for a very long time. So I believe there can be space for what ifs and scenarios. And the staying present is that like I don't spend an hour in my brain doing that and then also be rejecting my like life i'm also not scrolling on instagram or doing something mindlessly while i do it i'm gonna do it it's gonna be active i'm gonna put a timer on for 10 minutes i'm gonna write it out during it and then i'm gonna release that shit 
Yeah, I like that. I like the idea of containment around it that you do over because I, I think I do a similar thing in my mind where I allow myself to overthink it. I also very much when I when I start to get in that mode, I feel it very much in my chest, like and it's very uncomfortable for me. I know the anxiety that it's creating. And because that's so uncomfortable, I have to create containment around it. I could spend all day overthinking it, but it would really take away from anything else and my ability to be present. So I really love that. And just saying, you know, I let let myself overthink and then say, okay, what's this doing for me? What is overthinking doing for me? Right. Mm. Am I going to be able to actually like find the FedEx guy and have this conversation with him? Like, is he going to come back? Like, probably not. And so (laughs) so I think he quit that job. I kind of take it. He's like, I'm good. I hope he did. I do hope he's doing much better. Yeah. But I I kind of think about what's the function of this. This is what I was going to say, too, is that anxiety can be very functional. You can use it. You can look at your week and say, oh, my God, I have a really overwhelming week. This is causing me anxiety. How do I structure this? How do I write things down so I don't forget? Right. That that's a time in which your anxiety is functional for you. I think being able to say, is this overthinking? Is it is it serving me in some way? Is it mm-hmm. functional for me? If it is, then use it, you know, like sit down, write your schedule out, allow yourself to overthink it. If it's not, if it's not allowing you to change the situation, that's where you can really put boundaries around it. Is this actually serving me? Am I actually going to be able to do anything with this overthinking? Um, if not, then that's where you can put it away. Oh, I like that. I like that. I wave thinking about it. Yeah. I really like this question. Why do we try to predict what other people think of us? Because it's safety. Yeah. It's security. Why the heck wouldn't we? Of course, I would love to know, like, that I'm safe and secure in all of my relationships. Mm-hmm. But also, sometimes people think nasty stuff about us. And, like, I think nasty stuff about, like, my husband sometimes. Um, and, like, that's just called normal marital hatred. Like, you yes, know, like, yes. it doesn't mean, like, like, it's actually normal to have, like, a, what a fucking asshole, like, yeah. thoughts. And, like, one of the reasons why it's, like, helpful that we can't read other people's thoughts is, like, Thoughts don't actually mean that's how someone feels towards us. It's not big picture. It's yes. it's personal. And it's not, right? I love the idea of like, it is, it's about security and safety in the relationship. And, but once again, like, even if someone thinks something about you, it doesn't dictate who you are. You can have five different people thinking five different things about you. And I think um, sometimes when we're not fully rooted in ourselves that we can look for external validation in other people and it 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 takes us to um saying well I want to know how this person feels about me so that I can know how I feel about me mm-hmm. as opposed to I know how I feel about me how this person feels about me is about them and it's not going to change how I feel about myself. Ooh, okay, that's going to lead us right into dear Em and Jen. Yes, let's do it. Okay, because that is a perfect segue. You ready? You're welcome. Dear Emma Jen, I'm an extrovert and I love hosting events and going to social events. But oftentimes, whether it's friends, families, or in-laws, I overthink my interactions. Example, what if what I said offended this person or was taken the wrong way? Why did I even say this? It's a pattern I've been experiencing lately. Please shed some light on this. Thanks. Hmm. So one, I you learned somewhere to hyper-focus on other people. You also learned somewhere that if you make a mistake, it's going to hurt someone or do something bad. And I also wonder if you learned somewhere to walk on eggshells and to read between the lines. Wow. Because that's learned behavior. Maybe like, you know, I grew up in a house where we were like so nice and kind to each other. Um, We didn't always tell each other the truth. And it came out passive aggressive later on. Yes. 
And so now I try like I overthink and like predict this, right? Like the thing is like there's a probably a solid chance like we say something offensive or like was something was taken the wrong way, like probably like at least once a social interaction. Yeah. At least for me, when you're, especially when you're extrovert and you're a big talker, that's me. Like, probably not for Jen. Like, you know, you're more closed lip. But like me, I definitely fuck something up at least once a day. <laughs> and so it also means people in my life might have to say um, that hurt me. I didn't yeah. like that. If I notice something on them, I notice um, their body language changes or I did something. I can say like, oh, I think that I I just said something that was totally off base i'm really sorry um can we just talk through what happened right so like me i try to be aware of how other people are around me Mm -hmm. um but it's also people's responsibility to come to us and say like hey like you heard me like it isn't our job to read people's minds and to make assumptions that's gonna get dangerous i love what you said um and i like when i think about that too it brings me to the idea of we develop these coping mechanisms growing up that once were very helpful for us, right? Like that it might've been really helpful for you growing up to constantly be reading other people's reactions, right? If they, if it did come out later, passive aggressively, that it was your responsibility to make sure you could read the room very attunely so that you could protect yourself. And, um, that you maybe have taken that coping mechanism and brought it into adulthood, the coping mechanism that was once really working for you and is no longer working in the same way. So that's, that's maybe a question. Also, this person said, it's a pattern I've been experiencing lately. So my, yeah, my question would be, why is it? Cause it, maybe it was something that's always been there, but why is it ramped up now? What's going on in your relationships now? Right. Are you in a new relationship? Are you, you know, like what's, maybe it isn't about your relationships. Maybe it's where you are in life. Maybe it's what's going on. So I would also say like what changed around the time where it ramped up a little bit, what's been different for you. And that might be something to dig a little bit deeper into. Obviously, Mm -hmm. I don't have the answer, but I'm just wondering what changed. If you ever experienced something in your life changing at a period of time, that's something to ask yourself. Like what Mm -hmm. changed at that time that maybe caused this? It can help give you a little bit more information about what's going on under the surface. Mm. And that's it for today's episode. That's it. Thanks for sticking with us. Thanks for sticking with us. We hope you don't overthink this interaction or anything we said today. But if you do, we invite you to figure out how to contain it, to process through yourself, and then keep on living. Um, Hey, if you enjoyed today's episode, we always ask you to send it uh, to someone else to rate, review, subscribe, follow on Apple Podcasts. If you are looking to work with an amazing clinician, we got the best at the therapy group. You can check out thetherapygroup.com. If you're in Massachusetts, New York, New Jersey, Delaware, Pennsylvania, Florida, or California, we would love to set you up with an amazing clinician to help you know yourself and grow yourself. As always, we love you. We thank you for listening. And don't forget, Jen, that to grow yourself, you got to know yourself. We'll see you next week. See you next week.